0: Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady, I'm here with my co-host Lou Weiss. We have two of our senior international correspondents in studio with us today. We're very excited to introduce to you Mr. Royce Lowe. He is from Europe, UK. Royce? Hi. And we have Mr. Chung Wang, who is from China. He is our correspondent over there. Yes, hi. Glad to have you with us, Chung. Lou, we're going to talk about some of the global issues that are going on. We're going to talk about what's happening with Manufacturing Talk Radio and the new shows that we're developing, and
1: maybe a little bit about what 2019 looks like. We're going to take a talk about our new shows at the end. We'll have everybody hanging on the seat of their... Uh, Edge of the chair. Edge of (laughs) the chair. Right, right. (laughs) right. So why don't don't we start off uh, talking about uh, this uh, trade war that we seem to have going on. Um, They seem to be talking now about perhaps uh, next week when China comes Mm -hmm. to uh, Washington that uh, they may have something to talk about. Uh, Yes. Chung, is there any truth to that?
2: Uh, Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, According to the information, that's, of course, there's no detailed information uh, anywhere in the media. I believe that's the situation here as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, they have been talking and from, judging from the, that the high level talks that um, China is actually adding more people to their delegation. And uh, so probably making progress.
1: The fact that China is coming here, is that any indication that uh, they are perhaps uh, suffering as a result of uh, Mr. Trump's uh, tariff war?
2: I would say the suffering probably have not seriously begun yet, Mm -hmm. but they are definitely coming. And because that the uh, U.S. is China's biggest trading partner, Mm -hmm. 20% of all exports come to the U.S., Uh, but last year, Despite the trade war, actually, uh, US China trade had a really good year. There was a, a 10% increase in bilateral mm-hmm. trade. And uh, whose that. number
1: is this? Mr. Trump, sir. Yeah, <laughs> <get> that. <laughs>
2: That's a China number. And according to Trump, the number should be worse. So uh, there's an 11% increase in China exports to the US. In fact, the, uh, the deficits last year, according to China numbers, I'm talking r and numbers, not U.S. dollar numbers, mm-hmm. and, and that doesn't include any uh, trade that goes on to a third port or for further processing and later enters the U.S., so that, according to those numbers, the trade, U.S. trade deficit with China has increased by 17 percent in the last year. Mm-hmm while China's trade surplus to the world has decreased by
1: 15%. So, so there's still a little
2: ahead by a, a smidge. Mm-hmm. That's actually 30% difference. Yes, no, because China's buying no, I'm, I'm more, right, but right, not from right. the U.S. Yes, yes right.
0: <laughs> so, you know, Lou and I have wondered, Royce, and now that you're here instead of across the pond, has there been any impact in Europe in all of this tariff stuff going on?
3: Yeah, there has, uh, particularly as, as regards, uh, if, if, we, if we look at steel, for example, where uh, Trump put a 25% tariff on steel, um, w- what happened was that the, the the countries that would normally export to the U.S., uh, because of the 25%, diverted the steel to, uh, to Europe. So Europe saw a huge increase in the amount of steel that, that it imported, uh, the prices went down because there was a glut of steel, and uh, they're not terribly, terribly happy about this. Um, and uh, in fact, uh, the actual imports, the actual exports from uh, from these ther- these other countries, mm-hmm. uh, went up uh, to, to the US. Went up like n- not to the US, but to Europe, went up like crazy, uh, and so that, that's, c- that's caused a little bit of havoc in Europe. Uh, the uh, that's, that's steel, um, as far as as far as the autom- the automotive end of it goes, uh, the um, the uh, threat from Trump was to put twenty five percent on on um, the automobiles from uh, from Europe. Uh, but uh, at the moment, uh, they sort of eased off and said that negotiations are going on and uh, we don't really know. They're going to make some kind of decision in mid February okay. as to whether or not they're going to put uh, uh, an extra tariff on on automobiles, which, which doesn't really make sense that they, would, that they would put, certainly wouldn't put 25% on it. Apparently, if they do put this kind of tariff on automobiles it's going to increase the uh, the cost of, of an automobile by about six thousand dollars yeah uh, which is, which is bad for uh, certainly bad for the consumer
1: yeah they won't sell a lot of those exactly but well, well, uh, frankly the whole thing is stupid <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know the
1: tariff wars never Never mm. proved to be of any right, great value. Right. Uh, Trump is talking about uh, March 1 putting another 15% on top of the existing Chinese steel tariffs. Mm. And uh, the only thing that did really was in the U.S. steel industry, they raised their prices by 35 40%. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so now we have a bit of a glut. So now the steel price, U.S. steel prices now are going down. Yeah. So right, uh, it's it's a whole crazy uh, mess, Mm -hmm. uh, unnecessary, and uh, uh, frankly, I don't think it's going to accomplish anything.
3: Well, yeah. Apparently, apparently, the steel price in the U.S. since uh, since it was at its peak in uh, June, July Mm -hmm. uh, last year, has dropped by about two hundred dollars per metric ton. Mm -hmm. So that's what's uh, that's what's going on 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 that end. As far as the aluminium goes, uh, well, uh, the U.S. doesn't have a great, great, big um, uh, aluminium um, uh, industry. But uh, and and Europe's really not not that big a player in uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, in aluminium. It's, it's mostly China and Canada that right. uh, that are the big suppliers there.
0: Well, we'll see what goes on. I know that. You know, former presidents and their administrations grappled with this issue. Mm. They tried to work through the World Trade Organization. There are policies in place to uh, file a complaint with the WTO, to <coughs> adjudicate it. It tends to be a very long and laborious process. It was not going kind to of resolve. <coughs> Trump got tired of it. Mm. He completely nixed going that direction, violating all of those agreements that are in mm. place went with the tariff issue. He's trying to open up China markets to more US goods going over there, mm-hmm. but you know, we talked with a couple of our other senior correspondents about that issue. You know, can you really balance balance of trade? And the answer is no, because our economy is so big mm-hmm. you know, it's the largest in the world. So if we could balance with China, yeah. then their economy is probably a twenty trillion dollar a year economy though, so that may not happen for a decade or so.
1: Well, speaking about uh, balancing the uh, balance of payments and all of that, uh, XM Bank is still uh, swinging out in the uh, out in the wind. Uh, there now is uh, beginning to be some heavy pressure to uh, approve a um, a group of uh, individuals to come in so that they can have their quorum. Right. Uh, the XM Bank. Over the last eight years, has produced 1.5 million jobs in the United States. That's probably more jobs than Mr. Trump introduced into this country. <laughs> wow. uh, and it's uh, it's hurting our our country that we don't have the XM Bank. <laughs> and uh, it's something like uh, eight eight million eight million dollars. A year, they're losing as a result of XM Bank not being fully quorumed. Probably billion, <clears throat> uh, billion. I think yeah. the <laughs> whole
0: nuclear industry uh, is of the right in the right mind to say that the, by not having the Export Import Bank in play in the U.S., virtually guarantees that every nuclear reactor built in the world will be designed and built by Russia think
1: Chernobyl (laughs) not a good thing I understand they're going to make that a tourist spot now (laughs) that'll be interesting (laughs) now that they have
0: actually moved the building over the building and encased it Mm -hmm. and now they're going to actually try to tear it down on the inside with
3: robotics Mm -hmm. that'll be fascinating to watch it's it's terribly it's terribly expensive and it's terribly time consuming i mean to build a a, a nuclear reactor they're talking about building them in the uk and uh, i think edf the french company is is involved I think there's chinese money in there too you the know as far as i know it's still on because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> these things tend to be on and off on and off on and off but they're talking like 20 years before it's uh, before it's operational and zillions of billions of dollars. They're trying to do
0: one in the state of Georgia in the United yeah. States and they're having all kinds of issues and they've mm-hmm. now predicted that by the time they get it done and they put billions into it, it mm-hmm. will be obsolete mm-hmm. because wind power and mm-hmm. solar power will be cheaper and
1: better to install. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still trying to recover from the fact that Atlanta was burned down by the North during the 1865 <laughs> war, the Civil War. So it could take longer than 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's
0: okay. So, uh, Chung, you were going to comment yes. on balance of
2: trade issues with China? Yes, um, I wanted to say that the uh, trade, the... The uh, trade deficit that we're looking at now, both from the China side and the U.S. side, does not include some other portions, other components, like uh, trade is is currently is only physical goods getting traded, being shipped over into the border, but there is also trade in services and uh, and financial services and other services. And returns on investment, um, Amer- U.S. companies' investments in China uh, are currently not calculated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, uh, the returns over in China, a lot of it is owned by U.S. companies as well. Mm-hmm.
0: So that kind of covers tariffs, and the, uh, we're chatting about them at the moment. But then there's another issue that we keep hearing about. That is Brexit. You just you know, recently they had a vote in Parliament on Brexit. I love watching Parliament. I, I'm convinced it could be like a rowdy hockey football game if they had hot dogs and beer served in Parliament mm-hmm. and they could toss them. At each they do that at other. lunchtime anyway. <laughs> um, Royce, it looks like it could be a hard Brexit at this point if the UK goes out. What's well, the impact?
3: It, it it could be it could be a hard Brexit, uh, but uh, a hard Brexit would be actual uh, an actual disaster. Uh, just on a on a simple logistical uh, level, there are uh, something like ten thousand trucks a day that leave the UK for uh, for the continent of Europe and they just leave and they drive and they go, go across the water and they get off at the other end and that's it. Uh, a hard Brexit would mean that uh, every one of those trucks they would have to be uh, something written. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how short that piece of riding is, it's going to take, the truck has to stop, the truck has to stop, the truck has to stop. And uh, it will be chaos, they, they, they've already Pinpointed uh, old airfields, for example, in Britain. Uh, that in, in the event of our Brexit, uh, where can they where can they park the trucks while they waiting to go across the Channel? Uh, these are the but and they, they're also saying that, uh, that one in six people uh, are either already doing it or intending to stockpile. In other words, they're gonna go and raid the supermarkets <laughs> and the pharmacies and they're gonna stockpile food and medicine. Now you say one in six people, when you say that quickly, it doesn't seem like many, but there are 60 million people involved in this thing. So that's like 10 million people All right. uh, are either doing this or intending to uh, stockpile. And uh, it's, uh, these, are the w- these are the worst scenarios I uh, think what, what's actually happened is that um, uh, the, the the thing about the Irish border, for example, in other words, they want to make sure that there is no <coughs> there is no hard border between uh, Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK, and mm-hmm. uh, the Republic of Ireland, which is of course part of Europe. Um, they 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 cannot I- envisage, for example, the same kind of thing. If they have a hard border, then again you're going to get. Paperwork and all the rest of it, and, right. and they figure this will cause chaos and friction and uh, everything like this. Um, the Brexit, it, it's uh, they're supposed to leave at the end of March. Uh, this could be extended. Um, it could be extended for months, and uh, it, it probably will be. Um, I, I don't think. I don't think Europe wants the UK to leave. There may be some a couple of countries for some strange reason that want them to leave, but I think, grosso modo, they don't want the UK to leave the European Union. It's going to be terribly inefficient, and uh, it's going to be a nuisance for everybody. Um, so somewhere there has to be room for negotiation, and uh, the, the, the problem being, of course, that... Um, the, the conservative party has, has a bunch of 100 and odd people who voted against this, this deal anyway and uh, then you've got the, uh, the real extreme right, the, the old sort of empire lovers, the ones that uh, think that uh, really nothing's changed since the 19th century and, and, and for that simple reason they don't want to, they want Brexit the, right. the, these were the guys that started Brexit, these were the guys that lied about what was going to happen uh, with brexit and and uh, a lot of the public swallowed it right, uh, right. so really i mean if, if somebody came came to me and, and asked, asked me to talk about brexit i say well where do you want to start and how much time have you got and <laughs> i don't know what's happening and i don't know what's going to happen right and i don't think at the moment that um that anybody really does know what's going to okay. happen. It's, it's it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is, and uh, it's sort of uh, wait and see. Uh, she has a she has a plan B. She she'll be talking to Europe. She'll be talking to uh, Barnier, uh, and uh, uh, th- there will be further discussion. And the, the Labour Party has been involved. She just she just survived a vote of no confidence after the uh, right. after the defeat of the, of the Brexit uh, deal. So. It's a, it's a question of what's this space We'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, uh, does, mm-hmm.
0: yes, does China watch this at all with any interest? Does it
2: have any impact on them, yes. either by the UK or the EU? Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, uh, although China officially has been relatively quiet on the issue, but uh, Brexit actually affects China to a great deal because China mm-hmm. is a, a trading partner to the world. Exports, probably mm-hmm. the largest export trading partner in the world. And... Um, Britain is uh, is one of its closest uh, partners in the EU uh, in terms of um, investments, in terms of uh, industrial uh, back and forth, including that nuclear power plant. It's not only Chin- Chinese money is involved, but uh, I think Chinese money was involved as a as a Requirement mm-hmm. for the Chinese right. company to yes. bid right. and to supply some components mm-hmm. for that uh, potential nuclear power plant, mm-hmm. and um, but also being that uh, UK is the f- a financial center of the world, the UK has already has an agreement with China to provide financial services to mm-hmm. China in many sectors. Mm-hmm. So that was, UK was really uh, an important factor in dealing with Europe, Mm -hmm. in getting into the doors of the European uh, market. Interesting. Lou,
0: you know, you've watched this a bit. What's your take on Brexit?
1: Well, I, I know many Brits, and the ones I know are, are, are clearly not in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were happy to be uh, uh, gone, or theoretically gone. Uh, but I, I think that uh, you're right. There was a lot of misinformation when this whole thing was developed and came out, and I think you used the word lie, which is a common word here in the United <laughs> States. And... Uh, uh, so the, the people were lied to. They didn't know what they were voting for. Um, personally, I, I think seeing a united, uh, a united Europe uh, is uh, much like a United States. I think there's uh, many benefits uh, you know, for the entire continent. Mm-hmm. And uh, all in all, in the end, they may wind up having it back again. May. I would agree, Lou, that there's probably not going to be an exit of the
0: UK from the EU. No, yeah, I think they're just going to give up on trying to get an exit agreement and say it makes more sense to stay, and
3: that's right. the way we'll go. The, 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 a recent poll said that if, if, if they were asked the question now, something like 47% would say stay, right. 33% would say uh, leave. And, So many percent would say, I don't know. So it's changed quite a lot. I think those that don't know are the ones that should
1: be running the government. (laughs) 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 Well, and and the interesting use of the word lie
0: uh, does appear in American politics and has for some time right across the board. It's tragic. You and I have talked about it at length. The politicians just don't tell the truth. And they haven't for decades, but it's getting Hmm. so much worse.
1: So much worse. I have no (laughs) comments. Or Lou will go off on a tear. (laughs) Yes, yes. I don't want to lose 50% of our listeners. (laughs) And I I don't want to say which 50%. Well, let's Uh, talk about the 100% we're going after with new shows. That's a great idea. Uh, For those of you who don't know our beginnings, so I'll give you the two minute elevator pitch of Manufacturing Talk Radio which is now five years uh, in the making and in development um, and uh, we've had uh, just short of a million downloads of our uh, episodes and uh, we're now expanding. We have uh, Women in Manufacturing, that's womenandmanufacturing.com. A-N-D, And last week, we just started our third podcast, uh, Manufacturing Matters, with uh, Cliff Waldman. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have his whole title at the tip of my tongue, but he is uh, an economist. And uh, in spite of the fact that he's an economist, he's very good, (laughs) and he really knows his stuff. Um, And we've got, actually, uh, eight or nine other shows in development and uh, we're gonna be launching these shows uh, over the next uh, two months. And uh, it's all about manufacturing, women, men, kids, education, (laughs) everything having to do with manufacturing we were told uh... when we first started doing this five years ago that only twelve percent of our economy was manufacturing well that's not really true it's always around thirty thirty three percent considering the upstream and downstream of where manufacturing fits in uh... many other business sectors so it's a significant uh, portion of our economy, and uh, Tim and I are having uh, fun, and we're getting other people involved with it, ha- and countries, China, England. Um, I broadcasted from uh, Brazil when I went yes. on the road. So we're, we're making a name for ourselves to get the word out to manufacturing people, get them information that they not, might, might not ordinarily get. So that's uh, that's the fun part of what we're doing. We're certainly expanding, Lou. We
0: encourage everyone to go to mfgtalkradio.com. That's where you will see Manufacturing Talk Radio. You'll see the Cliff Waldman show, Where's Willie? with Willie Miller will be on that channel. Women in Manufacturing will have the Wham! show that it has now. There'll be a couple of other new shows coming onto that channel, all under the umbrella of MBC. So we hope that you'll come and visit us often. We post up news, we put up podcasts, lots of information for the manufacturing industry.
1: Lou, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of great uh, I, info. I just want to bring up one point, and I know that we don't like talking politics, and we don't like talking religion, sex, and money. <laughs> but we've been self-funding this show now for five years. We are putting out a media kit. We are accepting uh, uh, donations. With donations. <laughs> we d- are putting out the media kit uh, for advertisers who could uh, advertise on shows. They can advertise on our medals and manufacturers. Manufacturing Outlook easing, which comes out every month, uh, so we've got a lot of product to offer a manufacturer to advertise to other manufacturing groups, and uh, we take checks and credit cards, and uh, You're welcome to join us. Yes, it's a very
0: targeted type industry, so we put out very targeted type products Again, thanks for listening today. We appreciate you joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio, and you will see more videos in the very near future. Thanks again for being with us today.